He scores! Gilmore scores! Off the glass, the left corner to Aguila. Aguila the left circle. Passing the yellow shot. Save made by Al Aguila. Three bounds, another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts! Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. All right, happy Friday and welcome to the Scotiabank Saddledome. Welcome to this hour of Flames Talk with uh, Aaron Vickers of NHL.com. It's Pat Steinberg along with you and welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450 or explore the full line of safes at Calgary Lock and Safe. Dot com. Hello, Vix. How Hello. are we doing? How are we doing on this Friday? We're doing pretty solid. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. A lot of stuff to get to, and oh, that makes boy. for a good show. Uh, so when you talk about a lot of stuff to get to, you're not wrong. Uh, we're here at the Saddle Dome because the uh, Calgary Wranglers on this Friday just wrapped up a one nothing win over the San Jose Barracuda to move to. 6-0-1 to start their season. Wagon. So the Wranglers are an absolute wagon again. We're going to hear uh, Adam Klapka is going to come in and join us here in the hot stove lounge at the Dome a little bit later on. We'll hear from Klapka a little bit later on this hour. Looking forward to that. Um, but lots of news with the Flames on this Friday as well. Uh, let's start with the thing that we talked a lot about on Thursday at the Pizza Pig Out when we were at Cowboys. We were talking a lot about Matt Coronado and the way this thing is going because it looked like he might be a healthy scratch it looked like he might be uh destined to come out of the lineup well he does come out of a lineup but doesn't come out of um the lineup period because he just finished playing his first game with the wranglers uh got uh sent down officially on Friday morning and scores the only goal in a one nothing win over the San Jose Barracuda. Scored a really pretty goal, too, to open the scoring. And, and so we talked a lot about why this might make sense, and then the Flames go ahead and do it. It, it, it still does make a lot of sense what the Flames are doing here, trying to bump the confidence level a little bit and, and trying to give Matt a little bit of a mental reset. And uh, you just finished talking to him. Played himself a pretty good first American League game on this Friday. I mean, not bad one game, one goal. And for me, it's all about getting Matt Coronado back into a, a good headspace in my mind. And he's better served playing in all situations in the AHL than a fourth-line role or a, a healthy scratch role in the NHL. And we saw him on Friday used in every situation. He was on the PP. He was on the PK. Of course, he played at even strength. And, yeah, put in all situations, thrown right into it just arriving immediately. I mean, he doesn't have to go far. He's still going to the same rink. Yep. But thrown right into the lineup and put into situations where he can succeed and get a lot of ice time. And he showed well. He showed why he's one of the organization's top prospects. And he gets the goal. Dustin Wolf gets the shutout. Good showing for Calgary Flames no prospects. Well, and I know that uh, the, the Flames were really happy with the way that he took the news, the way that he responded to it, and then came out and and played with some urgency right from the get-go. The goal that he scored was just pure... Goal scorer's goal. Goal scorer's goal, determined and wouldn't be denied, ripped it right past the Barracuda goalie and and did it all. Not, I don't want to say like did it all on his own in a bad way, but cut in, cut to the middle, beat a couple players, and then ripped it from the high slot, and bam, it's one nothing. That ends up being your final score. That... that 
that's what the Flames wanted to see. They wanted to come out and see him surly and play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. They're trying to get his confidence back. They're trying to get him to a spot where this mental reset is a positive one and he plays again on Sunday afternoon against San Jose and then maybe he's back up sometime next week. This is not a long-term thing that they're looking to do with Matt. This is just a, hey, Let's reset. Let's give you a little bit of a change of scenery. Let's get the confidence level a little bit higher. I, I don't mind this move. We talked a lot about it on, on Thursday's show, and now that they've actually done it, I, I don't mind the move at all for Calgary. You didn't know me when I was 20 years old, and I didn't really play this level of hockey. I don't know if that's breaking news for anyone, but I'm trying to put myself where Coronado's headspace might be, and if I were him, I wouldn't necessarily be thrilled, but the understanding has to be, it's my job to channel that into a positive approach and put in the work and, and apply myself the way that the organization wants me to to get back to the NHL as quick as possible. And it's an, only a one-game sample size right now for Matt Coronado, and it might not be a long-term thing, as you suggested, but he took the first step. He, he channeled the energy appropriately, had a great showing, and if he can stack a couple of those... He'll get that confidence back, get that swagger back, and eventually get that recall. Uh, text line's open at 960-960. We can uh, dive in on this topic as uh, we continue along. But let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska after practice. We'll uh, get to some other stuff at practice in just a couple of minutes. But this was head coach Ryan Huska. His thoughts on Matt Coronado going to the American League, what the message was, and what the steps are from here. I mean, I think Matt's done an excellent job in his time here. I mean, he's played... I think it's 17 or 18 games um, when you factor in exhibition and the Penticton side of things and you know, where he came from last year, I think they're at one or two. Um, so as it gets going, it, it, there's a tendency to get a little bit harder and we're here to work him through that. And part of that is um, us not wanting to have him just not necessarily sit and just watch a bunch of games. We want him to play. So whether it's one or three or four games, he's he's down with the Wranglers. Um, the message is to, to go down, play in all situations, um, and continue to work on the things we needed you to work on. But it was positive conversation. Talking to Dylan Dubé, and he said, yeah. like, look, looking back, he thinks he could have used more time in the AHL. And there's obviously going to be a temptation to view this as yeah. an emotion, but is it sort of inevitable that most guys, a guy like Matthew, is going to need this time to, just to focus on development? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, we talked, Pat asked the question yesterday um, about potentially sitting a guy out like that, and there's value to it. Um, they see the game differently up top. It allows them to kind of recognize it. But what we're doing this way is putting him in a situation where he's going to touch all aspects of the game, not play 10 minutes a night. He's going to play a lot. And that's something that's important for a younger guy. Is there a way to kind of find that right balance for you as both a coach and <clears throat> wanting to make sure that they develop uh, the proper way as, as opposed to maybe take those setbacks and finding that right amount of you know constructive criticism as well as giving them that time that's a really good question you know I think sometimes you, there's a tendency to put younger guys in positions that they're not quite ready for at times and you force them into those positions and then eventually the confidence starts to take a bit of a hit and eventually they're not playing the same way then eventually it turns into what's wrong with this player what's wrong with that player you want to put them in positions to succeed uh, and that means you have to put them um, with the right line mates you have to put them in um, right situations on the ice uh, and I think if you go too much too soon, that if a player is not totally ready for it, it's it's damaging to them. So you want to keep them going in the right direction, uh, making them feel good about their game and where they're going and where they're headed for sure. So that is head coach Ryan Huska on Matt Coronado 
being sent to the American League where he played his first game on this Friday in a one nothing win for the Wranglers over the San Jose Barracuda. I just and, and somebody texts in citing the, the Cole Caulfield example in Montreal. Yeah, Caulfield got sent down for a little bit there uh, after he had made his NHL debut. Remember, he made his NHL debut in uh, those games that the Flames played against Montreal in the bubble oh, season. Why uh, would you remind me of that? But then the following year... He got sent down for a little bit of time, then came back up. And I, I just, I don't think it is, I don't think it's the end of the world. This is not a, A, this is by no means a permanent thing. B, I don't even think this is like a long-term thing. I think this is just a quick little reset, get a little bit of time in the American League, get some games against different opposition, and get your confidence level back up. And then who knows? Maybe it's Tuesday against Nashville. Maybe it's Friday in Toronto. Um, it's somewhere in that in, in that window. I don't think it would be crazy if we saw him back up in, in that period of time. So I'm, I'm curious to see how he plays Sunday against San Jose in his second American League game. But... You know, I, I, when, when the news came out on Friday morning, a lot of people on the text line, a lot of people on social media talking about how, you know, actually this, this seems like a move that makes sense because maybe his effectiveness had started to wane for a little bit at the NHL level. So maybe this is a way to kickstart him back so that when he's back in the NHL in the not-so-distant future, he's in a better place to succeed. Well, and you talk about that effectiveness, and we heard Ryan Huska say it, sometimes your confidence can take a hit, and he had gone six straight games without a point. And for a guy that has been incredibly productive at every level that he's been at almost immediately, sometimes that can take a hit to the confidence a little bit. And you also heard Huska say you're going to put guys in positions to succeed. And this is very much a mental reset for Matt Coronado. And I had the opportunity to ask him earlier Friday, I'm like, how are you feeling physically? Because as it stands, you're at 20 games this season, three in Penticton, six in preseason, 10 with the Flames, and then the additional one with the Wranglers, whereas last season he played 45 total. He's like, I'm, I feel good. I feel fresh. And he credited the Calgary Flames veterans for yeah. kind of showing him the way physically how to prepare for the grind of what pro hockey is. But there's also the mental side of things where it's an everyday league and you've got to be, you know, dialed in all the time. There's no, it, you, you got, there's no days off. There's no days off in this business. Yep. And that can it's be, an everyday league. that can be one of the things that is the biggest adjustment, not necessarily the physical side. And we know what kind of shape he's in, but the, the mental grind that it can be. So suddenly you put him in a position to succeed. Like Ryan Huska says, you have him playing in all situations in the AHL. You have him being productive again, and we saw what we described as a goal scorer's goal in his AHL debut, suddenly you can get those vibes going again, that mojo going again. Yeah. Suddenly the player, a 20-year-old, is feeling better about himself and exactly. puts himself back into a position to succeed. And we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but that's the Coronado news. And at the same time, you have one door opening again for another prospect is as Martin Pospisil gets the re the recall his first recall into the NHL he popped right into Flames practice where did they have him practicing on the left side of Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman and that's very likely where he'll play on Saturday second consecutive game looks like we're going to see a solo lap before warm up in the third time this season Solovyov Zeri and now Martin Pospisil is about ready to make his NHL debut and look this is a really cool story. This is a guy that has had a lot of injury yes. issues over the last number of years. And this is a guy that 
the the organization has really liked and really felt has been moving in the right direction over the last little bit, but he's never really been able to find any traction because he's been injured so much. While he's healthy, he's off to a great start. He's got six points in six games. Obviously, didn't play in this game on Friday, but... You know, he only played 20 games last year and only played 47 the year before. And the injuries have really hurt his ability to maybe get that next shot. But they've they've really liked Pospisil over the last little bit. And, and they felt for a little while that he's knocking on the door. But because of those injuries, he hasn't been able to go down that road. This was uh, Martin Pospisil speaking in the locker room after his recall as he gets set to presumably, almost certainly, make his NHL debut Saturday in Seattle. Yeah, I was. I couldn't really believe it. You know, I went through a lot of all kind of injuries. You know, so it was so it was. Yeah, it was a great moment when I got the call and they told me uh, that I will practice tomorrow with the Flames. So yeah, I was. I was super super excited and uh, yeah, it was it was a long way to get uh, when I'm to get here where, where I'm right now. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward. Super excited. Who was it that, that called you? It was uh, Brad Pascal. Who did you call first to share the news with? Uh, to my brother. Your brother? Yeah. Yeah, he, he helped me a lot. So, yeah. And then parents and all my friends back home. So yeah. it was super, super, uh, it was a pretty cool moment. And, yeah, I'm excited. Zary said that he was on a day off when, when he got the call and he was a little bit surprised. So, like, where were you when you like were you at home? Like, where were you? Actually, I was uh, just on the way home from the practice from the wing sports. So, yeah, it was it was something that I probably never forget. So it was it was a really good moment, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to to play and hopefully I will get the chance. Were there times in your career, because you said it's been a long road, were there times when you wondered if you'd ever get that call? Uh, actually, not really. I, I was still believing, even uh, the last injury, I was out for four months, and uh, uh, my, my goal was after that I will be even better than before, and uh, uh, I had a really long summer, great summer, I had really good uh, fitness testing, and that shows also on the eyes, and I feel really, really good. The injuries, you, I mean, that's just kind of been what you're known for now, the injuries. How hard has that been to deal with over the years? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't easy, I can tell you that. But, uh, yeah, I went through, and uh, and uh, I'm glad that I'm healthy and I can play. Martin, did you say you're, that your brother helped you through the time, going through the ups and downs, or did he help you maybe train and try to get better? Yeah, also ups and down, you know, he's, he's three years older and uh, I was always looking it up to him uh, as, a, as a, I was younger, so uh, I, hope, I hope hopefully one day we'll play together and uh, yeah, he's a really good player and uh, he's my favorite player. <laughs> did you did you notice anything different with how an NHL practices, whether it's the players or things like that compared to the AHL? Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to tell for first day, but uh, yeah, like everyone compete hard and uh, trying to compete for the spot and uh, uh, be ready uh, any moment. Is any family scrambling to get here, or are they just going to stay up in the middle of the night and watch the game? Uh, I don't know yet. We'll see, but hopefully they will get here.
That'd be good if they could. That'd be Absolutely. awesome if they could see his first game Saturday in Seattle. Pretty cool opportunity for Martin Pospisil as he makes his NHL debut. We assume anyway, but we're going to go on the assumption that he makes his debut th- uh, Saturday against the Seattle Kraken on the road. And what a tale of perseverance. You heard him talk about the injury trouble that he had. If my math is correct, coming into this season, Pospisil played only 107 of 225 regular season games over the past four seasons for the Flames AHL affiliate. That's less than half. And to see him persevere to the point where he can put himself in a position to become a recall, six points in six games with the Wranglers this season. I had the chance to catch up with Wranglers coach Trent called postgame on Friday, and he called Pospisil the Wranglers' best all-round player. He's been used in all situations awesome. on both special teams. And he's a player that can impact the game in a lot of ways. I don't know if you remember this, Pat. I feel like you did because it probably would have been one of the quotes of the year. But former Flames GM Brad Living once described him as a guy that could find trouble in church. He can absolutely impact the game in a he variety of ways. He plays with edge. Oh, yes, he does. He's, one of the, he's almost do a not throwback. Be surprised, do not be surprised if there's a couple members of the Kraken who are like trying to get at his throat yes. on Saturday night. That's the type of player, that's the type of edge he plays with. Absolutely. And, and again, this also just speaks back to uh, what Conroy vowed in the uh, summer about serving youth properly. And then you mentioned it. This could be the third NHL debut for a Flames player this season alongside Zary and Sloviov, and if you really want to count Coronado in that as well, I mean, he made his debut in Game 82 last year, but got an opportunity off the jump here too. So the Calgary Flames are giving youth an opportunity, and Pospisil is the latest example of that. Uh, it's Steinberg and Vickers along with you in an absolutely jammed hour one of Flames Talk. This hour well underway. It's time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local. Find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. And uh, in that same vein, uh, we've seen a recall for Solovyov. We've seen a recall for Zary. We've seen a recall now for Martin Pospisil. Well, what about Adam Klapka down the road? He's got seven points in his first seven games with the Calgary Wranglers who are 6-0-1 to start the season and uh, literally just before we got things going on Flames Talk here this hour uh, joining us in the hot stove lounge was Adam Klapka. Here's our conversation with the Flames prospect who's probably knocking on the door for an NHL recall himself. Well first of all uh, good start to the season you know 6-0-1 to start the year it's uh this is a pretty good uh, this is a pretty good start for the Wranglers it's got to be a pretty cool way to start the year for you guys hey yeah it's uh it's uh really awesome for us you know uh, you like to be in the locker room when you're winning and we want to keep keep rolling and keep winning so uh, you you've got a new head coach but kind of feels like the the same role from last year do you does it feel Pretty similar to last year when you were the best team in the league. Yeah, I mean, you know, the almost the, all the guys, the older guys, they stayed. They wanted to stay, so that's that's really awesome. And you know, the new guys, they they came to the locker room, and you know, we are like the like the family here. You know, we have a pretty good, pretty awesome group. This is this is the best group that I ever been in uh, in hockey. So I'm really appreciate for that that I can be part of it. Best group you've ever played with, hey? Oh yeah. How come? I know, you know, I was, I'm not saying the other other groups was the bad, but this, the feeling from these group is a little bit, it's different than I, than I have from the last other groups. So do you think that starts right with your captain and, and having Brett right at the yeah, top? Yeah, like I think, that? I think he's a, he's a starting point for, for everything because he's, you know, he's awesome guy. He helping to everyone in the locker room. He doesn't matter how long are you here. He, he tried to help to, to everyone in the locker room. So I think that's really 
the point where everything's starting. So how are you feeling? Uh, you've got, uh, what, seven points in seven games to start the year. How, how are you feeling in your second season in the American League? Yeah, I, I think I feel, I feel pretty good on the start. You know, this is my, I can say, best start that I ever had in the, in the hockey. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel awesome. You know, sometimes it's, it's, I'm trying to keep it like in the line, just play straight, but you know, sometimes it's up and down. So I'm trying to just work out, work hard every day in the, in the practice or if it's the game and just pushing myself to the better. How, how much more comfortable do you feel this year to start than you did one year ago? Like, oh, I think I, I mean, it's so much different right now for me. You know that's I know every like I I know how everything's going on. You know I know the league couple a little bit more than I know knew last last year. So yeah, I feel more comfortable on the ice. You know I feel like I can play more with the puck than I than I could play last year. You know so yeah, but I'm still trying to keep my keep my games just simple. You know sometimes you can do something something a little bit more skills, but you yeah. you still have to keep the your my simple game in the in your game. Well, and you had a really good NHL camp as well. I just how much how much confidence did you have coming into this season with the Wranglers, knowing how good your camp was with the Flames? I think I just it's it's you know it's feel you feel much you have much more confidence when you when you see you can you can play on the the same level what are the NHL guys. So yeah, but of course. I think I'm trying to, I would say, like, yeah, it's it's giving me more more confidence to my game to play here that you know that you can compete with the yeah. other guys in the North America. How how would you describe training camp this year with the Flames? Yeah, I mean, I I wanted to keep it same like my my first training camp. You know, just play hard, play simple, play. It, play play my game you know I you know just go to the net and sometimes if it's happened just help my teammates or protect my teammates what was um what was the message that you got from Ryan Huska and, and Craig Conroy when when they decided to to send you to the Wranglers to start they, they kind of say like keep doing what you're doing yeah I mean they just said play play the same way what you play here during the preseason game and we're gonna watch and we'll see what happens. Like I, sh I just, I just wanna do the same, same thing all my year. Like it doesn't matter where is it. I just wanna be the best how I can be for my, for my teammates and for the team. It's you, you have whether it's Connor Zeri or or Martin Pospisil or or Solovyov. It's gotta be pretty cool to see some of your teammates get the recall and get into some NHL games. How much does that fire you up? Yeah, I mean, you know, it gives you the message that if you're gonna be work hard at the guys who, who end up that the chance can come, but you know, like I mean, I'm really happy for Martin Pospisil because you know he's he's a long time. You know, he has a couple of tough tough seasons, so I'm really happy that he get the chance to show that he can be he can play NHL. Well, and the Flames said they they want to give younger players more of a chance. They are. Like how how exciting is that for you that, yeah, that maybe your call might be coming? It's it's for me. It's really excited. But how I'd say you know you have to you have to be good in the in the American League that. Yeah. You can come up and play there, but that's all. That's I focus right now, just for the Wranglers and play my game and play the Wranglers to win. How, uh, as as you have gotten more and more comfortable playing in in North America, how how do you feel 
you know, your comfort with your size and being able to use your size and strength against other players. How how has that developed for you? Like, I mean, I'm working on on my on my things. What I have to prove every day, or when with the or if it's like with the coaches or if it's a development team. So, yeah, I just trying to trying to do everything quick than I than I did when I came before. Then I came here, you know, and just uh, be more my balance just work on my balance and stay on my feet all the time and be quicker than i used to be you and and the the offense seems like you've gotten more confident with that even even in penticton for the young stars it was it was pretty noticeable like that how how is that how has that evolved and gotten better for you yeah i mean you know you you just want to do your best and you when you i don't know how to say it but when i have the feeling that i can do something something different than i used to do i just do it and it's just in my head i don't just i just believe my my abilities to do this stuff yeah. all the time what uh how how are you feeling now that you've been in north america for a few years you you were in the ushl and now you've been in the american league for a couple of years how, yeah. how much more comfortable are you over here now oh yeah i mean i i love to be i love to be here i love to live in north america i love to live in uh, in calgary it's like awesome city you know you have everything what you need here so yeah like of course you you like to be home but i mean for me i just want to make my dream in the reality so yeah. I, and i gonna do everything for it uh, in terms of hockey cities where you're like from uh, when you're back in the czech republic and, and in prague or here in calgary how how do they compare in terms of hockey cities yeah. and how much people love the sport yeah i mean the hockey in back home is a really popular sport you know we have like big one big team back home it's called like sparta praha yeah. and they playing in the big they playing in the it's like for 20,000 people and there's like almost like 15,000 people for every game so i mean in prague the hockey is is big one you know it's the world championship coming to the prague so i mean the people are really excited for this because it was awesome back like in 2015 yeah. it was awesome for for the, for the czech republic who were your uh who were your guys growing up like who did you who were your czech guys that you really liked like i mean i obviously everyone watching the Jeremy Jager, you know it was it was awesome when i could like two years ago i could play against him back home in yeah. the in the, the the czech league so yeah but i mean i I like the a little bit the like you know the underdogs like the the what they like saying the the awesome stories every time what they like playing I don't know some couple years in the second best league in the Czech and they gotta get here and they they have a good career in the NHL so I mean a lot of like you know that we play against uh, Shimek yep. today so he he has he has the awesome he awesome uh, like uh, road to the NHL so yeah yeah it's I really like these top type of guys what uh, how do the how do the winters compare oh like back home it's it's not like here it's <laughs> probably like minus five the maximum okay so it's it's the weather it's so much different it's more here. cold here yeah yeah okay do, yeah. do, you, do you like winter here like I mean, I would I like more summer than but okay. I can I can handle with that right so <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, congratulations on a great start to the season and uh, yeah, continued good luck as the year goes along. Congratulations on another win here today as well. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thank you, thank you. To Adam Klapka, he uh, joined us just before we got Flamestock going. Literally, he walked out, and then uh, if you're listening live on Sportsnet 960, the fan, he walked out, and then like 30 seconds later, we started the show. So we recorded that just before we got things going, and he's a 
He's a big man. We know that. He's just a really nice kid, though. Like, he's yeah. an awesome guy. I've talked to him a couple of times now, uh, and I think he's kind of the, the next guy I'd have my eye on. Uh, they brought up DeSimone, but he's been up before. Right. Um, they, they've brought up Zeri. They've brought up Pospisil, as we've talked about. I think Klapka's that next guy to keep your eye on, that if, if they need a right shot, if they're looking for a right winger, I, I think he's the next guy up. He showed really well in camp. He was one of the last guys to go down. He's a he's a guy to keep an eye on as this season continues. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. And like Pospisil, like Zary, he's had a great start to the season in the American Hockey League. Four goals in seven games, seven points total, 13 penalty minutes. So he hasn't been shy to throw the body around a little bit. And that's one of the things that's going to be a calling card in his game is just using his size and his frame to his advantage yeah. because very few are blessed with the physical attributes that Adam Klapka is. Uh, Vickers, Steinberg, and that's our look this hour inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Hello, fans. Calgary Co-op has refreshed its membership just for you. Now you can shop, save, and win with the new Calgary Co-op app. Download on the Apple Store and Google Play Store. Flamestock is live on Calgary's hockey station. Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, time for a Friday edition of your Daily Flames Roundtable, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. The GLC 300 formatic coupe is built for winter. Loyalty lease rates of 3.99% on a 48-month lease. Zero down for $1,099 a month. No payments until 2024. It's Pat Steinberg, Aaron Vickers, and now the voice of the Flames, Derek Wills, joins us to complete our Daily Flames Roundtable. Well, gents, we talked a little about Matt Coronado on Thursday's Roundtable, and and uh, talk to him, okay, so so what is the best way to handle this? It looked like he was maybe going to healthy scratch territory, and he doesn't get healthy scratched. Instead, he gets sent to the American League on Friday morning, as, as we talked about as a possibility yesterday as well. What, uh, what do we think of the decision? Matt Coronado, who played Friday afternoon and scored the only goal in a one nothing Wranglers win over San Jose, what do, we, uh, what do we make of the decision to send Matt Coronado to the American League? I'm okay with it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm okay with it. And uh, I guess I would say it looks a little bit better now that he scored four minutes into his AHL debut. Listen, I don't think time in the American Hockey League is going to hurt Matt Coronado or anybody else. He's a first-year player who is accustomed to playing a college schedule that's less than half of an NHL schedule and uh, and an AHL schedule. So I think that there was going to be some sort of adjustment period for him. I actually thought that prior to the last game, he was he was starting to figure some things out, uh, starting to play with a little bit more pace, starting to get the puck off his stick a little bit quicker. But uh, truth be told, I, I didn't love him in the move to center. So you send him down, he'll play uh, against a little bit lower level of competition and uh, hopefully continue to hone his skills. I, I don't think that this is a, a huge deal. I wouldn't uh, have been bothered if they had made him a healthy scratch for a game or two and, and kept him at the NHL level because well, the Flames have done that with uh, most of their top players uh, during the 10 years that I've been in town. From Johnny Gaudreau to Sam Bennett to Matthew Kachuk, uh, those guys were all healthy scratches at one point in time and all responded really well to it. So I think that would have been one way to go, but I'm guessing that uh, the Flames want to keep him playing games and, and keep that development going. So I, I understand why they did what they did, and uh, so far, so good. 
I think from my perspective, this is all about getting Matt Coronado back into a good headspace. He's a guy that's produced at the USHL level, at the NCAA level, and now he's making the jump to pro hockey, and he's gone six straight without uh, scratching the score sheet. So for me, he's better off playing in all situations in the AHL, playing upwards of 20 minutes a night than he is a fourth-line role in the NHL or a healthy scratch in the in the NHL. And get him feeling the positive vibes. And we saw Friday he played on the power play. He played on the played on the penalty kill. Of course, he played in even strength. Scores in his AHL debut, as you mentioned there, Wilsey. And just generally can get back into the rhythm of being a, a, a productive force for whichever team he's on. I think that this is probably not necessarily a long-term thing. But if I'm Matt Coronado, I don't know how excited I would be by this. But it's on him to channel this in right. the proper direction take a positive approach and, and use it as fuel to get back to the NHL as quick as possible. I think we've seen that first step. Well, yeah, and I, I know the Flames were, were pretty happy about what they saw in, and, and the urgency and kind of bite he started his first American League game with earlier on this Friday. So, so as you said, Derek, so far so good. And, and yeah, I think this is just a, another part of the development. And, and I thought uh, a couple of people have brought this up, whether it be on Twitter or, or on our text line even, and, and that's about the comparison to... You know, they, they actually kind of profile very similar ways as well. I mean, Montreal did the same thing with Cole Caulfield in recent memory, and he went back down to the American League, came up, had a good start, then things kind of waned, went down, came back up, and and so this is not this is not a bad thing. This is not something that is is going to derail a career. This is not something that's going to derail development. This is something that they are doing because they feel like Matt has has hit a little bit of a wall here. And and as as we talked about on Thursday, not a wall so much physically. We even uh, Aaron was was part of the the group that spoke to him after the game uh, against San Jose, and and he said, "No, I'm I'm physically I'm fine, but I I think as much as anything, guys, we're talking about a mental wall and the mental grind of being up and ready for every game and every practice. It it takes a toll on a lot of people, and it takes a toll on a lot of rookies. So I think that." This gives him a chance to reset. It's a bit of a shot in the arm. It's a bit of a change of scenery. And I think they're hoping that him going down, maybe creating some offense, put up a few points in two or three games, jumpstart his game, and then come back to the NHL and back to the Flames and, and be in a better spot. That's what the hope is. And and we'll see how it goes. But I, I'm with Vix. I, I don't think this is a, a long-term thing that we're talking about. No, I mean, if he was down there more than a week or two, I would be surprised. And the other thing that I noticed on uh, Twitter, or X, I apologize for the barking dog. It's not yeah, my what dog. Is, what is happening uh, in the background? I'm taking Zoe for a walk, and there's a dog barking. It's not Zoe. She's very well behaved. It's uh, somebody else's dog. But um, I noticed on Twitter or X this morning that uh, the Calgary Wranglers posted a photo of Matt Coronado walking into Scotiabank Saddledome. Did you guys see that? I did. Yes. Uh, yeah, and did you see the scowl on his face? Yes. yes. You, you, may have, you may have pointed that out to me <laughs> earlier today. Yeah. So, and, and you know what? Isn't that the reaction you want from Matt Coronado? Yep. He shouldn't be happy to be being sent down to the AHL. He should want to get back to the NHL as quickly as he possibly can. So, I'm not saying that he needed motivation. I mean, he's in his first professional season. I'm sure the motivation uh, has been there since the get-go. But uh, this isn't going to hurt his motivation. And if there are some small details that the coaches feel – he needs to dig in on a little bit more. 
then I think going down to the AHL is a, a good place to work on those details. And you know, he scores a goal, so that's not going to hurt his confidence. Now, with that said, I did watch the uh, clip of the goal. Uh, I'm not sure he's ever going to have that much time or space in the NHL, but he took advantage of having that kind of time and space in the AHL. And uh, apparently right before that uh, clip starts, he actually picked a pass off, which yep, uh, led to that rush and, and led to that scoring chance and led to that goal. So uh, all in all, uh, that's a really good highlight for Matt Coronado. And uh, hey, this time's not going to hurt him. Uh, and now it's up to him how long he's down there. And as you guys have talked about, I suspect it won't be that long. Hey, Wilsey, you have to work with what the opposition gives you. And if Matt Cornell is going to pick off a pass and cut through the slot and rip off a shot, so be it. Um, we heard Ryan Huska earlier on the program talk about putting players in positions to succeed. And, and Matt Coronado hadn't had a point in six straight. And your confidence can take a hit if you're used to producing and you haven't produced. So I think, again, going back to what Pat said, this isn't necessarily about a physical reset. He's at game 20 this season. He played 45 total last year between the NCAA, his NHL debut, and a 10-game stint with Team USA at the uh, World Championship. But I think this is going to be sort of a, a mental refresh. And to your point of the, the kind of scowl that he was walking into Scotiabank's saddle with earlier today, you want him to be mad, you want him to be angry, but you want him to use it and channel it in the right way. And I think at least through the first game with the Calgary Wranglers, we saw that out of him. Well, we'll see how the, we'll see how that story progresses with uh, Matt Coronado getting sent to the American League. Martin Pospisil getting recalled by the Flames. Looks like he'll make his debut Saturday against the Seattle Kraken in Seattle. That's the next opportunity for Calgary to snap their losing skid, which is now at six games. It's our uh, Daily Flames roundtable with Derek Wills, Aaron Vickers, and my name is Pat Steinberg. And let's, let's uh, look ahead to that Kraken game because it's the just the, and I know this is something that you've pointed out a few times, Wilsey, uh, just the second time the Flames will play inside the Pacific Division this year. The only other game they've played against a divisional opponent was the Heritage Classic in Edmonton. So a divisional game, a, a, a team that I think if the Flames are going to make the playoffs, this is a team that they're going to be fighting with inside the division against. And coming off one of their better games of the year, especially one of their better games during this skid against Dallas on Wednesday. So all in all, going into that game, how are we feeling about the team, their game, and, and the stakes of Game 11 Saturday in Seattle? Well, I think their game's trending in the right direction. I like them in the last... 30 to 40 minutes of that game against the Oilers at the Heritage Classic on Sunday. And I liked them a lot in the first and third periods when they returned home on Wednesday. So now it's a matter of trying to put three periods together. And it's so cliche to say 60 minutes. No team ever plays a full 60 minutes. That's just a cliche. So you've got to play closer to a full 60 minutes if you're the Flames. But it, I liked a lot of the things I saw in the back half of that game at Commonwealth Stadium. I liked uh, a lot of what I saw in the first period and to an even greater extent in the third period uh, at Scotiabank Saddledome a couple of nights ago. So let's hopefully see that Flames team on the ice or, again, somewhere closer to a full 60 minutes. There have been a bunch of games this season, guys. And I think back to that Penguins game. It started that uh, five-game road trip uh, back in October where they were really good in the first 40 minutes. And then there was, what, about a six-minute span at the start of the third period where yep. uh, the game went from being uh, fully in the Flames' control to completely out of their control. So there have been a bunch of games this season where they've played two good periods, but not three. Now they have to play three good periods. And, again, that doesn't necessarily mean being the better of the two teams 
for a full 60 minutes. But if they can get closer uh, to playing a, a complete hockey game, then I think they're on the precipice of turning things around here. And, and ultimately, and, and I said this after the game against the Stars a couple of nights ago, when you're on a winning streak, you tend to find ways to win. When you're on a losing streak, you tend to find ways to lose. And quite often, if you're on a winning streak, you'll start to develop some bad habits and you'll get away with them because of intangibles like confidence and momentum. But sooner or later, it's going to catch up to you. I think it works the other way as well. When you're on a losing streak and you're having a hard time scoring goals and finding ways to win, sometimes you have to play a good game or two to to finally get back into the win column. So I think Wednesday night was a good step in the right direction, and we'll see if they can uh, take it uh, another step against the Kraken on Saturday. Yeah, I think we're starting to see signs of life out of the Calgary Flames that we haven't necessarily seen at other points in this six-game losing streak and having dropped eight of nine. And... That's what you need to see. It doesn't necessarily happen automatically where, okay, all of a sudden you flip a switch and away you go and the losing streak is in the rearview mirror. You've got to take the steps and steps and build and build, and I think we've seen the Calgary Flames start to do that. And Saturday against the Seattle Kraken is, I mean, we're only 10 games into the season. That'll be game 11 for Calgary. But if you want to start making up ground in the Pacific Division, you're sitting seventh out of eight teams just ahead of only the San Jose Sharks who have yet to even win a game this season. You're going to have to win these divisional games to start climbing back up and back up again, which makes this game again. We're talking about a game in early November, but it's going to be a pivotal game for the Calgary Flames, both from a Pacific Division standing standpoint and also just a continuing to build the momentum in the right direction for the Calgary Flames. Well, the biggest thing for me that I want to see, because absolutely like the – the 60-minute game thing, it's, it, to me, it's more just, hey, ride the momentum a little bit better. Don't let... Yeah. When, when Manage the, the lulls. Exactly. When the momentum swings the other way, when the other team pushes back, and, and look, Dallas is a high-end team. That's a team that was in the Western Conference Final. That's a team that, you know, that, that, that group knows what they're doing. And so when they push... Their, their push can very can be very very impactful so you, you, you need to you need to do a better job when the other team pushes and don't let it completely derail the things that you've done earlier so that that to me is the biggest key in in Calgary playing 60 minutes it's not that you're supposed to dominate from start to finish it's that you handle the momentum swings better but the thing that I want to see that and I thought was most important in that 4-3 loss to the Stars was just the urgency level that they started the game with. And they, they came out ready to play. I think they caught Dallas a little off guard and had them on their heels for a good, you know, 11, 12 minutes of that, that first period. Show me that again. And, and that, I think, they, they are desperate to snap this losing skid. They also are going up against a divisional opponent, as we've talked about. So start that game in Seattle with urgency. And maybe Seattle meets you at the same place, and it's just a really good game. Or maybe Seattle's caught off guard, and the Flames can get them on their heels. And instead of scoring one, maybe they score two or three. But that that urgency that they started Wednesday's game against Dallas with was really important and exactly what we needed to see on that night. And they still lost the game. So that's exactly what they're going to need to see Saturday against the Kraken once again. Yeah, I would agree. And I thought they had a really high level of desperation and urgency to start that game, which was good to see because, quite frankly, they didn't in the Heritage Classic. The Oilers did, and that's why they won the hockey game. So uh, good first period for the Flames. The analogy I used was if the Flames were cruising along in fourth or fifth gear in the first period, then uh, they were riding the clutch, and they probably burnt it out in the second period. And then they threw it overdrive in the third period. But uh, playing two good periods and being the better of the two teams 
for 40 minutes or around 40 minutes on Wednesday night wasn't good enough against uh, a good Stars team. So uh, I think there's a lesson to be learned there that, uh, you know, sometimes you'll win those games, but uh, you might lose them as well. And, and way more often than not, if, if you're the better of the three teams in all three periods, you're going to take home two points. So we'll see if the Flames can build off of that and uh, start to swing this thing. And, and the reason I've been talking and asking about uh, the, the schedule so far, they're 10 games in. The only game they played against the Pacific Division team was the Heritage Classic versus the Oilers on Sunday. I just think it gives the Flames an opportunity to get back into the playoff race because you've got all these proverbial four-pointers coming up against teams you're going to be battling with, hopefully to finish top three in the division or maybe a, a wild-card spot in the Western Conference. So if you can win way more than your fair share of those games, then I think that's how you get back in the race. As a fan of standard transmissions i really appreciated the burnt clutch reference yep not a lot of people well, i may have burnt out a clutch back in the day yeah i just, I just like that and my uh do that my 97 volkswagen jetta glx vr6 engine just uh purring along until uh, the guy who bought the car didn't know how to drive a standard when he bought it uh, burnt out the clutch oh Oof. yeah single tear rolled down your yeah, cheek that hurts that hurts <laughs> Uh, I just appreciate that we all drive standard. Well done, boys. Uh, thank you, Willsy. We'll uh, see you Saturday. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. He's Derek Wills. He's Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. That's your Daily Flames Roundtable, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. The GLC 300 formatic coupe is built for winter. Loyalty lease rate of 3.99% on a 48-month lease. Zero down for $1,099 a month. No payments until 2024. It's Steinberg and Vickers as we continue along here and start to wrap things up this hour on Flames Talk. Vickers is on Twitter at AA Vickers. Have yourself a uh, wonderful weekend, my friend friend we'll uh, talk to you soon absolutely buddy you too uh our producers this hour taylor and azam he's aaron vickers my name is pat and this hour has been the sports drive brought to you by calgary lock and safe save 450 dollars on the brawn ev5922 gun safe now just 1450 or explore the full line of safes at calgarylockandsafe.com